Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. Continue with our discussion of Paramatma Sandarbha. We're in Anacheda 70. This Anacheda is uh, broken apart into many subdivisions. It covers a lot of material. It's called uh, Parinam Vad. Parinam Vad. Meaning that the material manifestation is a is one and different from the Supreme Lord. And this is a very fundamental idea of the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. This idea that that God is one and different from his manifestation. It's significant because there's so many schools of transcendental thought and there's so many conceptions regarding the nature of the absolute truth. And a lot of those understandings are, at least within the Indian culture, based upon the teachings of Sankaracharya, very prominent. Acharya in Indian culture and his presentation of transcendence is one of uh, what we would refer to as impersonalism in that in the ultimate issue God is not a person God is a manifestation uh, if we're to, if we are conceiving of God as being like ourselves that's truly a misconception based on a mental imposition that we place on the Lord as a matter of approaching the Supreme Brahman. Their conception, the Mayavadis, and again, there's two classes of, of Brahmavadis, those that look and have as a an ultimate attainment, a merging into the Supreme Brahman. So there's two, two schools there. There are actual Brahmavadis. Well, give us an example, one would say. Well, in our school, we have actual Brahmavadis that came. We have the four Kumars. They're, they're Brahmavadis. They were. Then they happened to smell some pulsy leaves and it captured their heart. We have Sukadev Goswami, a Brahmavadi. He was merged in transcendence, oblivious to the world around him, referred to as a Jivan Mukta, walking through the world of man, but in no way captured by the false reality of material existence. So he was liberated. But even in his liberation, which is, which is really the exemplar, one of the many exemplars from the Bhagavat of somebody that's been captured by the sweetness of the Lord. He simply heard a few verses Nothing could attract him in the world, but a few verses from the Bhagavatam captured his senses. The Bhagavatam captured 
even his transcendental senses. And we have the famous Atmarama verse, Atmaramas Chamunayo. These are examples within our lineage of actual Brahmavadis. And there are other Brahmavadis that don't go the go full tilt towards the sweetness of the personal form of the Lord. They'll employ enough bhakti to attain their goal being to merge into the Supreme Lord or to merge into his effulgence. And then you have what we refer to as Mayavadis. Mayavadi means you're in Maya and 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 any and you're living in Maya. And what they're meaning by living in Maya is you're living in an illusion. It's an illusion. Vivartavad is what is the way we're there's a nomenclature we're applying to that in this discussion. Jiva's applying this term Vivartavad. It's all just an illusion. It's a mental imposition. Now, considering everything is Brahman, then we have some logical problems with that. Well, where in the hell did the imposition come from? There has to be a source. You're saying that we're, we're dreaming the whole material world. The whole material world is false. So this is the, this is the Mayavadi's stance on things. The whole material world is just an illusion. It's a mental construct. You made it up based on impressions. Okay. Where did I get those impressions from? You couldn't even say I. Where did I get the impressions from? <laughs> I. Yeah, so there we have it. There we have the Brahmavadi who is it will, willing, the Brahmavadi is it, at least willing to acknowledge that there is a manifestation of the absolute truth which can be conceived of as having a, a transcendental form. So he's not an offender to the Lord. The Mayavadis, the followers of Sankaracharya, they're offenders because they, they do not accept that the Lord can have a form. That's the distinction between these two, two classes of transcendentalists. So what's very critical to the to our sampradaya is this kin, conception of being able to explain and keep in keep in in context, I guess we could say, or keep intact all of the statements from the Upanishads that speak to the nature of Brahman, that it's unchangeable, that it's un, it, it's, it has no characteristics, it, you know, it, it has no, it can, it, the second you, you can't assign everything to, anything to Brahman from your mental ideas, it's well beyond your range of empiric perception. Well, we accept that it is, and so is the Lord's personal form. Atashri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Graham Indriya. We're not going to be able with these senses 
these indriyas to perceive transcendence. It's beyond our capability, the majority of it. There is a wide la there is a wide birth with birth what I mean not birth, birth what is what do you call them? Uh, expanse of transcendental thought which you can enter into in of uh, in and of your own volition through concentrated detachment, austerities and and knowledge you can enter into a, a practice of yoga wherein you're going you can enter into a samadhi which gives you a, a pretty comprehensive revelation as to the nature of Brahman. Unassisted, unassisted for the most part by guru, sadhu, and shastra. So of your own of your own volition, you could become a yogi, detach yourself from the world like a Sukadev, and walk through the world unattached and have a, a higher level of consciousness. So we'd call that transcendent to the point that you're 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 you've transcended above the norm. And the norm is to become completely involved in samsara, completely involved in the karmic reaction. So, this particular anucheta, which is extremely detailed, deals specifically with Jiva, Jiva Goswami deals in this anucheta specifically with a presentation and an understanding of Parinamavad, which is what we accept as the proper way to understand what, what happens when the Lord manifests an energy separate from himself and in manifesting that energy is not in any way affected. And this is a big thing. This is not a light philosophical conversation. We're talking about the Brahmavadis will they have a they have a hard time with this. How can you have this this whole material creation coming from God? How then you've modified God, then you've then you've brought Brahman down to your level. And now Brahman's mixed all up with my matter, just like, you know, you're living in the illusion that you're in matter and, and you and now your now your philosophy is dragging the absolute truth into your into your jurisdiction. You're ruining the whole idea of transcendence. That's their argument. Very fanatic. What how can you know? Not possible. Vermont is not is not cannot be cut up into pieces and made into little living entities. Brahman cannot be transformed into the modes of material nature. Read the Upanishad. So many statements there about the fact that Brahman is unchangeable, uncleavable, un you know. So what what are you what are you coming up with this philosophy 
of Parinam Vad. It's not. The world is an illusion. The proper understanding is Vivartavad. It's just an illusion. You're you have you've made it all up in your mind. This is not coming from Brahman at all. This is not coming from the absolute truth. It can't come from the absolute truth. Read the scripture. Jiva is saying, okay, let's read the scriptures. Let's look deeply, deeply at what the scriptures have to say. And what we'll understand is actually it's possible. That's what's being dealt with here. This whole concept of the introduction into the school of theism of panentheism. What is it? Panentheism. Antheism. So you have pantheism, which is a, which is a theistic idea of what the Lord is is cleaved in immaterial nature. The Lord is the trees and the sun and the wind and the animals and us and the Lord is just he's everywhere. Pantheism. He's in everything. Every ever you can't there's not a place that you can't find him. But we're panth panth panentheism. He's in everything. No, we're not gonna argue with that at all. We agree with the pantheists as far as that. But he's also separate. So the English word for that is panentheism, as opposed to pantheism. So and that we can equate with this idea of parinam vad, the understanding that the Lord can mod, there can be a modification of the Lord's diverse energies that ends up manifesting the whole material cosmos, and. It can do, and if we understand this philosophy properly, we can see that it is supportable by the statements of Shastra. So, the 70th Anucheta. It's in parts, we're going to go through part by part. Um, so the very first part, Parinamavad versus Vivartavad. So this is where Jiva Goswami starts his discussion. In this way, he says, we have established that the universe is a transformation of Paramatma's energy. Shakti Parinamavad. The Shakti has been modified. And that's our understanding, our Vad. We have Ritvik Vad, we have so many Vads. Well, this is Jiva's Introducing us to Shakti. The Shakti of the Lord is Parinama. It's modified. And let me explain that understanding to you. The Vada of that. And refuted the theory of illusion Vivartavad. So he's saying we up to there, up to this point we've done that. But he certainly seems to have an ardent desire to make sure that we got it. It's it's that important to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So he goes on. Therefore the world is not false like a rope mistaken for a snake. 
as held by the followers of Vivartavad, the illusionists, we could say. People accept the world is only an illusion. Rather, it is perishable like a clay pot. That's where Jiva is beginning. So, although the universe is not false, it is not fundamentally real, sought, because it does not exist in all three phases of time, past, present, and future. So, uh, these understand as we go through, he's developing, he's developing a very, very uh, comprehensive explanation, and he's going to do it in layers, step by step. He's going to build up this understanding, where he could show that it, this understanding is irrefutable, both logically and scripturally. So, although the universe isn't false, it is not fundamentally real because it does not exist in all three phases of time. We'll just go on, but you can see where this is going to go. Well, it's not existing in all three phases of time in the same way. But in reality, it is existing in all three phases of time. There's its prakat manifestation and its aprakat manifestation. We can see it, experience it, be in it. And there's another time when it's still there, but it's in it's in an unmanifested form. It hasn't fully blossomed, so to speak. That's one of the definitions of sat, though. Sat means something is eternal. If something's sat, it's, it's existing eternally. In the past, it was there. In the present, it's there. And in the future, it's going to be there. So we're sat. Krishna set, told us we're sat in the very beginning of Bhagavad Gita, speaking to Arjuna. Never was there a time. And you did not exist, nor I, nor all these kings, nor in the future will any of us cease to be. Since both Vivarta and Parinam, as understood by the non-theistic Sankhya philosophies, so he's saying different philosophers look at these terminologies differently. So the non-theistic Sankhites, those that accept the Sankhya philosophy, What's the Sankhya philosophy? From one thing evolves another, evolves another, and if we look at the conglomerate of a full range of evolution, what do we find? We find five sense objects, five knowledge-acquiring senses, five working senses, uh, right, ton mantras, mantras, I'm sorry, so, and we find mind, intelligence, and false ego, and we find the Mahat, and so, and the number's not only, always 24, it could be 25, 26 different schools of Sankhya count the, uh, count the basic ingredients of material manifestation differently. But, so he's talking about the non-theistic Sankhya, followers of Sankhya. 
Now remember, there's two schools of Sankhya. There's the theistic, propounded by Kapiladev, and there's the atheistic, propounded by Kapiladev. Oh, by the way, there's two Kapiladevs. There's Kapila, the son of Devahuti, and then there's the atheistic Kapila. And I don't know who his parents were, but I do know who the manifestation of Krishna called Kapiladev's parents were. So, two, two Kapiladev's have been proven to be inadequate explanations of the reality of non the reality or non-reality of the world since both these explanations don't really when propounded by the atheistic people that look to the world and count the elements and 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 give an explanation of the evolution that doesn't turn back towards an acceptance of a personality behind that evolution. So these atheistic followers of Sankar, their way of explaining the Vartavad, the illusion of the world, and Parinamvad, the modifications that bring about what's experienced in the world through this mind senses false ego and they hold the vision and how it all works. So that's what's being said here. Only that substantive which is free from these two defects, such as Paramatma and his intrinsic potency, can be ordained as real. So they've proven that they've proven that those philosophies is propounded by the atheists. They just don't work. Their explanation is not compre- comprehensive enough to, to, to make it logically sound. That's what Jiva Goswami is saying here. I've proven to be inadequate explanations of the reality or non-reality of the world. Only that substantive, which is free from these two defects, what's he saying here, the two defects are the mis- presentation of illusion and the mispresentation of modification such as Paramatma and his intrinsic potency can be ordained as real. If you really want to see the world and he's already established in those prior Anachetas, you got to see Paramatma everywhere. You have to see him, him his energy and actually his very personality Everywhere within the material manifestation. I am seated in everyone's heart even. I mean that's that's pretty pervasive manifestation of the Paramatma feature of the Lord. He's in every living entity. And you were speaking, well, how many living entities are in a body? Well, as many there's another manifestation of Paramatma. So I have more than one Paramatma with me if I'm going to accept that a few people are riding along with me in this conglomeration of, of elements which I call my material body. Which is an illusion because it's not my body. But that's the illusion part of We'll go on. In the statement, and here we go to a... Now, now he brings in a, a statement from the Upanishads. In the statement, my dear prior 
to its creation, this existed as reality sought alone. Sad eva sum yedam agrasit. Chandogya Upanishad. The pronoun this, idam, refers to the universe, which is described as sat. This is because the word sat signifies both Brahman and the universe in its subtle form as the energy of Brahman, in their state of mutual oneness. Therefore, the theory, the theory of sat karyavad is applicable only by accepting the cause as the subtle potential state of the effect. Sounds complicated. Really what's being said here is if you want to use the word sat, eternal, then the only place where you can really apply it comprehensively is when you look to the fact that before all the material universes come into existence, there's the period of pralaya, the period of resting of the Lord. Then, and only then, is all that energy in one place. And then it can be referred to as sat, as eternal. It's not our philosophy, but he's just presenting presenting this as a way that some conceive, right? So the eternality of everything can be applied only when there's no external manifestation. Because when there's an external manifestation, then will that external manifestation, it comes and it goes. It comes, sat, it becomes, but it's not sat, it's us sat because it goes. So it's, it's here today and gone tomorrow. So we can't say it's sat. For this detailed anucheta, we will be drawing a lot from the commentary. Sometimes the anuchetas properly are, are very dense. This first beginning wasn't that dense. They're going to get a lot denser. So we'll be relying on the commentary of the commentary of Jiva Goswami to enter into an understanding that hopefully we can comprehend. The basic principle, this is from the commentary, of the Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, as well as the Upanishads, is that there is only one absolute reality. The world has appeared from that one reality. So in accordance with this Upanishadic view, there are two theories as to how the world is rooted in the Absolute. The Vivatavad theory holds that if the Absolute called Brahman were considered to be the constituent cause, Upadan Karana, Upadan, remember we had two, two manifestations of Maya, the, the constituent cause and the instrumental cause, the mita. So this was dealt with earlier. So now we're, we get, we go, we, we're coming forward, we see the same word, upadan, the constituent pa, cause, the, the particles cause. 
the earth, water, fire, air, ether, and also mind, intelligence, and false ego, which is kind of hard to wrap your mind around because those seem like they're not not something I can put my hands on. I can't grab onto the mind. I can't, you know, how can you say it's matter? What's well, matter because it doesn't have a consciousness in and of itself. It needs it needs an agent to work it. Without the agent, it is just dead matter. Take away the agent and I don't care how much mind is there, it's not thinking. It's, you know, so, that's what we're speaking of here. The Vatavard holds, that theory holds that if the Absolute called Brahman were considered to be the constituent cause that undergoes modification to give rise to the world, then Brahman itself would be subject to modification, which is absolutely not, not acceptable to any school. We don't even accept Brahman can be modified. So, but that's, that's what you'd have to accept, wouldn't it? That's what we'd have to agree to if we were to say that the constituent cause is, is coming from the constituents of Brahman. Well, then what is it coming from? Well, it's coming from a manifestation, it's coming from an it's coming from the understanding that the supreme absolute truth can be seen as something more than just Brahman. The supreme absolute truth has more than just the undeterminate aspect. It also has the determinate aspect, the personality. So if we can go a little deeper in our understanding of the absolute truth, beyond just Brahman, maybe we can come to an understanding of Paramatma or Bhagavan. Vedanti tat tat bhavidas tatvam gyas janam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti Bhagavan iti subjate. We can see deeper, then we can start to understand through scripture there's more to it than misapplying this conception that Brahman is modified. It's not modified directly. What's modified? Well, we have our own way of looking at it according to the lens of someone of the caliber of Srila Jiva Goswami. So all the Goswamis, they were all schooled in the theology by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally. Now, go out. I, you've heard from me. They all went. They all heard from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, go out. Pick up your books and support what I've told you. It's all there. And they did. Look at the literary contribution of the Goswamis. And what was their primary evidence? What scripture did they rely on primarily to support the theory that 
they learned from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, from that Sangha. Where did they go? They went to the Bhagavat Purana. So they went to the Bhagavatam. But they went well beyond the Bhagavatam too. Primarily evidence was the Bhagavatam. Why? Because the Bhagavatam was based upon what specifically that gives it that that's that special place. The fact that it's primarily presenting bhakti. It's primarily presenting an idea of the supreme absolute truth as Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. The Bhagavatam swirls around these these few little words that ultimately the absolute truth is a person and he comes in many shapes, sizes, forms and displays many different qualities in different, you know, in different manifestations. But ultimately, this, this, is, this is the key to understanding transcendence. The Vivartavard theory holds that if the absolute truth called Brahman were considered to be the constituent cause that undergoes modification to give rise to the world, then Brahman itself would be subject to modification, which is not acceptable to any school. No, theist, no theistic or atheistic school of, of, of thought is going to accept this. So the only, well, we could say, when we say atheist, we're talking about any, any, the, any school that accepts the Vedas as, their, as the main, main source of, of scriptural understanding. So there are other schools of thought that do not accept the Vedas. So the only alternative they could conceive of is Vivartavad. Well, there has, there's no, ex, since, you, you know, it just, the only thing we can say is, well, if, if you are agreeable to the fact that Brahman cannot be modified, then the world can only be an illusion. It's a logical, a logical conclusion that they've arrived at. If the world, if Brahman, if Brahman cannot be modified, then the world, as you know it, is an illusion. Vivartavad, which is which in their view signifies that Brahman is quality, quality, qualityless, and the world is unreal, a mere appearance in Brahman. It's not really there. Well, then where did it come from? I mean, you really logically it just you have a hard time. Like, wait, just. Now, how do you get there? You know, if, if it didn't, who who thought it up in the first place? What what? Where did it? So you see, it's it's a difficult thing, but that they've arrived at this conclusion, and they're standing by it. The Bhagavat Purana does not support the Vivartavad propounded by Advaita Vad. Doesn't mean it doesn't propound any Vivartavad. We don't 
accept the explanation of the Advaitin school, the Brahmavadi school. That's what we don't accept. But we do accept that there's a lot, of, a lot of illusion in the world. We can buy into that, but we can't buy into the idea that the world in total is an illusion. So we have what we accept and what we don't accept. So our definition of a Vartavad is very distinctive, very much different than the Advaitin. According to the opinion of the Bhagavatam, the Absolute has real potency called Pradhan or Maya and which goes un undergoes modifications to give rise to the world. Such modifications do not entail any change in the essential identity or Swarup of the Absolute. This is called Shakti Parinam Vad. The Shakti is modified. The Lord's energy is modified. The Lord himself, no modification. The world as a real transformation of the Absolute's real potency. As summarized by Bhagavad Sri Krishna and cited in Anucheta 58. Then he quotes the same verse that he, that he, that was used in Anucheta 58 as as the primary verse there, the primary sutra. Remember, the, the terminology of the Sandarbhas is the verses in the Bhagavatam are absolute realities, sutras. And the explanation of those verses, which can be explained how many ways can we reach the end of the explanation of just one verse? That explanation is, is what is put forth in the Sandarbhas. And the primary way of understanding a specific verse is according to the commentary of Sridhar Swami, the great commentator on Bhagavatam, or my own commentary. So Jiva, he relies strongly on Sridhar Swami's commentary, but he also, in many instances, gives his own commentary to explain a theistic idea. And he, he's broken down all those three theistic presentations into little consumable parts, which we call sections or anuchetas. So the verse, the sutra, Pakriti is the constituting cause, Upadan, of this reality, the universe. The supreme person, Parapurusha, is the substratum, Adara, and time is manifester, Abhivyajjaka. But I am Brahman, which comprehends these three. So here, Krishna is... T uh, taking the nomenclature Brahman upon himself and he's saying, I understand my Purusha manifestation, Paramatma manifestation, coming in three forms, Karnadakshai Vishnu, Garbodakshai Vishnu, Kashira Dakshai Vishnu. I understand that. 
I understand the constituents that from which the material universe is manifested. We may call that prakriti in its unmanifested form, pradana. So, and I understand that my energy, time, with these two other things, my manifestation is paramatma, and with pradhan, these three together, they can create a universe. They, oh, well, all the universes. They can create everything. From this broader ontological perspective, the reason for which Vivartavad was posited as necessary in the first place no longer holds. When the word asat anriya was used for the world, the Vivartavadis take it to mean mithya, false. The world is false. It's illusory. While the Parinamvadis, ourselves, it's a modification, take it to mean real but temporary. This is the difference between their explanations. Thank you so much for your association.